for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Prepare for the attack of the android. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Wednesday, October 7th, 2015. This is episode 171 of Attack of the Androids every week. Wednesday evenings, right before South Park. AttackoftheAndroids.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. That dude, that's Eric. What's up, Eric? Hey, Matt Lee. How are you? I'm well, Eric. How are you? I'm okay. Good to know. Also, Nick Carroll, join us. What's up, Nick? Hey, not much. Just got in. Glad to be back. Uh, Glad to do another show. Glad to have you back. Uh, we should start things off, ended up being upgrade time, so got this little, this little fella right here, six Ooh. inches of, of Nexus Fury, uh, so got it on Amazon. Verizon, uh, little, maybe you don't know this, does not offer 64 gig version, I don't know why, you would think a company that is not giving you unlimited data would want as big of a drive on your phone so you can cache all your stuff instead of streaming. But uh, Amazon, however, did. Uh, and so if you are like me and maybe you don't want to renew your contract because maybe you still have an unlimited plan and maybe you have an Amazon store card, you can put your phone on your Amazon store card and it's basically just like getting them to subsidize it except instead of paying you know the the mandatory was it like 24 or $2,800 for your two years however whatever it's going to be uh, you just pay whatever the cost of the phone is which it really wasn't that much I found it odd that the Nexus 9s were way more expensive than the Nexus 6s were. Usually I would assume a phone with all of the antennas and stuff would be more expensive, but uh, not bad. So got it, got it back, uh, just did the uh, the switch, put the SIM from the first gen Moto X into it, which fit, no cutting necessary, and uh, fired right up. Unlimited data on a Nexus 6, but... It's giant, you guys. Moto it's X, huge. first gen, <laughs> Nexus 6, right? Like, I don't know why, for some reason, I thought it was a 5-inch phone, and I was like, oh, 4.7, right, Next, uh, Moto X 4.7. Uh, going to a 5, not a big deal. No, <laughs> going to a 6, uh, really Ooh. big and awkward. I don't know why anyone would ever want a phone that big. It is a little much, I will admit. Um, now, you got the... How much did you pay for it for the 64 now that, that all the prices a, have dropped? That is a good question. Let's take a look at my Amazon orders, which I should mention, attackoftheandroids.com. Now, we have a little Amazon thing there. You can just click that, buy stuff from Amazon, and we get a little bit of money, which is kind of cool because you don't really have to know. pay any more. You're not paying any less, but you're not paying any more. So uh, it's good stuff. Let's see. The yeah. phone was three ninety nine ninety nine for the sixty four gig Moto Six or Moto That's pretty good. Six. That's at least a couple hundred bucks cheaper than it was when it first came out. Maybe more. Yeah, and, and, it, and it sort of goes in line too with what we're seeing uh, with the thirty two uh, thirty two gigabyte version. Um, you can get that now for 
uh, we'll have a link in the show notes, but you can get it for two ninety nine for the thirty two gigs. So it's sort of right in line with um, with that, which is pretty um, much a subsidy price. Yeah, one ninety nine to two ninety nine are usually. I mean, it's been a couple years since I've done it, but yeah. And I think buying a Nexus phone like this is, you know, that it's. If you buy a Nexus phone, like if you're worried about updates and things, um, you'll be okay. Oh, this Nexus I... six will be getting updates for a while, so don't worry about it. You can spend a little less money if you don't need things like the fingerprint reader and still have a great phone. Can I tell you, this thing got like eight updates. It was like, oh, and here's <laughs> another update. I'm like trying to just like check it out, and it's like, oh, but wait, here's another update. Seriously, wow, so yeah, many yeah. updates. It's... So it's on five one. I don't know what it started at, but there was like six or seven five updates. Yeah, five zero was when it came out. But there were at least two, maybe three within five dot zero before you got to five dot one. You think, think it there would... was at least one or two in five one? So yeah, five zero one, five zero two, and then five one, and then five two one. But each of those fixed. One, yeah. Each of those fixed a, a problem from the previous. You'd think it would just skip to one. But it also the Verizon has its own updates, right, for baseband's sure. and firmwares or whatever. So I'm sure there a couple of those were that. But yeah, I gotta say though, three gigs of RAM and and that Snapdragon eight oh five, eight oh whatever it is, it's freaking fast. I mean coming mm. from a, a Moto X first gen, like it it's fast for sure. So it doesn't sound like you got the marshmallow update yet, did you? No, not yet. I, I keep looking at it. I'll tell you something that was actually pretty cool. It let you uh, turn NFC on on your other one and then just put them ass, yeah. ass, to, ass, ass yeah. to ass there. And it would like get my account info from here and put it in here. And it was like d- done, which was handy. That's pretty sweet. I, I never saw that before. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I did that from a Nexus four and five, and then also did the same thing with my with my seven, my Nexus seven to ne- to Nexus nine tablet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's... Now, one thing I noticed, like when you do that, I think it would be cool, like if you tap them together, if it if it brought your apps over from actually just copying the APKs from the other device. If it did a but full it a full on like here is all of your stuff. Yeah, that would be key. Yeah. But... Yeah, and instead, I mean, it's cool. Like you, like your um, your desktop, if you will, like your home screens. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, like they're set up exactly the same. Like that stuff's cool. But then I sat there literally for, and my internet's not the fastest, but it's not slow. And it took at least an hour to just download all these stupid apps when I uh, when I flashed Marshmallow uh, a couple of nights ago onto my Nexus 6 and did the same thing. Yeah, the main reason I like that was all my contacts are on my uh, phone. One, one phone went to the other, same thing, my tablet to the other. So, yeah, it pulls all the contacts too. So, Your contacts should be in your Gmail account. Well, well, like work-related contacts that are not, they're not quite syn- synced up. I'm not sure why, but yeah. Makes sense, makes mm. sense. So grab a cheap Nexus 6 and do it through our Amazon link, and we'll get like $8 yeah. for each one. It adds Why up. Not? It adds up. Joey Kelly, fashionably late, but having the American flag showing, so we're going to let him have it. How's it going, Joey? 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for my tardiness trying to coordinate a event for a nonprofit I've worked with. Sorry. Nice. We're just talking about the Nexus 6 and why it's way too big. Oh, you have one too? Look at us with our Nexus 6s. Cool. Yes, but I'm only paying $30 a month for mine because I'm on Project 5. Oh, well, I, I didn't extend my contract, so I bought mine from Amazon. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Unlimited data, yo. <laughs> I'm assuming that uh, that was uh, for the 299 I went with the 64 gig, but yeah. Ah, gotcha. Um, so what else should we talk about? Which Android phones, while Joey mutes himself as he's adjusting his stuff, which, <laughs> which Android phones are getting Marshmallow right now? Are any of yours? Uh, I forced it to get Marshmallow. Right. That's kind of cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Nexus 5. I haven't gotten around to, to doing that. I was kind of hoping it would do it <laughs> on its own so I wouldn't have to deal with it. But if I don't have it by the weekend, I'll just force the issue. So, 338 megs. Has yours gotten it uh, yet, Matt? Negative. Not yet. Yeah, I, I've been well, checking Google's through doing that. Google's doing that slow rollout, so that's the thing. Like, you you have options. You The actual OTAs, um, the over-the-air updates that you would get are available, so you could download that and flash it, and it'd be the same as Google sending it to you. Or you could do what I did, which is just download the recovery image and wipe out your entire device um, which is probably a little, it's a little cleaner. Um, so, I mean, there are, there are two very good options for, especially if you have a Nexus device for getting the, uh, for getting the update. But if you're in Romania, you can just <laughs> probably just get it right now. Some of those regions, they'll get it first before we will, unfortunately for us at least. So I'll probably just wait for the OTA experience and see how that is. Um, it'll, I'm, I mean, I'm on Fi. I don't have a carrier to interfere there's no reason why I shouldn't get it, you know, in, in the next few days. I'm surprised I already don't have it, to be honest. I got to say, I do like the camera. Uh, it takes some nice pictures. Just was testing it out uh, yep. on, on Instagram and whatnot. But really, really uh, nice. It's got a nice closer focus uh, for not macro shots, but close close-ups and stuff. Uh, one thing that I don't like about the camera, if you run the open camera app, a lot of the advanced quote unquote hacked, uh, features that are available in open camera do not work on the Nexus six. Poop. Uh, That's poop. Poop. You guys. Time exposures, for instance, being the one that really bugs me because I do a lot of night photography. Mm. Um, so yeah, that one really annoys me. And for, I don't know what it is about the hardware, but for whatever reason, open camera cannot talk to it. Interesting. I definitely liked the Moto X active notifications better than this. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. I'm just not used to this, maybe. I'll I'll, I'll tell you guys in a couple weeks after I've had... I literally just got it yesterday, so... um. I noticed a huge improvement when they went to 5.112, I think it is, was is the latest build that I've got on mine. Um, it changed one of the things that, that annoyed me about the app screen in particular, it was page based. <laughs> so that it just goes this way instead of, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, it was, it was a left and right. 
And, uh-huh. and I was constantly looking. And what would happen is you would get a new app, like, for instance, Android Play, uh, Pay, uh, right in the first part of the alphabet. So if you were used to going to page three to find something, mm. all of a sudden now it's on page four. Right, right. So you're like, son of a, you know. And so now they've updated it. And the one that I'm running right this second is I'm going to go look. Mine scrolls downward, up and down, which was different that, from the Moto. That was an update. The Moto yeah, X went an... side to side, so I still like want to go that way. It's weird, like uh-huh. how much muscle memory develops as you yeah. use your phone every freaking day. Yep, that that was an update uh, when they went to five point one point one. I think yeah. that was yeah. when that came out, Be- and it was it, it was one of those things where I'm just like, yes. That's an Finally. interesting change to push in an update rather than give you the option of either or. Yeah, they did it on the same day of the announcement. And, uh, yeah, if you have the Google launcher, that's basically the one it has. Uh, one thing you might try, um, Joey, is the manual camera uh, with your Nexus 6. It's called the manual camera. I think it's like a dollar for the app. But uh, that, that one has a lot of features you can use. So give that a shot. Manual camera. Yeah, but you're not running on a six. You're running it on a five, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the open camera will do the majority of that okay. on a five, but it won't do it on a six. Interesting. Not something yet. about the hardware because we've okay. we've been talking about that on smartphone photographers because we've oh. got a bunch of people that got a bunch of different devices, including a lot of the newer galaxies. And oh. open camera is kind of the default um, pun not intended, the default not default app. Uh, it, it's the one that people go to to install uh, if they want an aftermarket camera app, and it works flawlessly on the majority of the Samsung devices. And, I mean, it works on the Nexus. It just doesn't have these advanced features, which could be hardware or it could be a software layer. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So talking but, about Marshmallow, it looks like the uh, Google Translate is getting some new stuff that it can do, letting you translate text from inside applications themselves rather than having to stop and open up uh, Translate, which is kind of cool. I mean, that's more of a natural use for it, right? I would think so. It, it kind of, it's sort of like the experience you get if you are using Chrome, um, where like it's it's very easy to translate something. Um, like I believe that you can just like like highlight highlight something in Chrome, right-click on it, translate, or you can right-click on the page and say translate to English. Is it actually recognizing that it's not your language and asking you? Like, because Chrome does that. It'll be like, yo, this is not English. Do you want it translated? Uh, Sometimes it'll do that, yeah. For me, at least, I've seen that. Yeah, I went to a German uh, website, and it was in .de, and it literally just said, hey, this is not in English. Do you want to translate it? On Android? No, on, on, on Chrome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Chrome does that. I was wondering if Translate will do that now. Like, if it's always running in the background, being like, hey, this is not in your whatever language. Uh, but, yeah, pretty cool. Translate, that, that's an interesting app. There's there's a lot of cool potential there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to unite the world, unite the world's languages. Yep. I think this is, this is going to be really cool. Like, when we go uh, on vacation, a lot of times we stay in Airbnbs, and you want to read the um, you want to read the reviews, but you can't because like half of them are in like like most of them are all all in different languages, not even the native language of where you are. So to be able to do this on the phone is going to be really neat. Perfect. <clears throat> uh, speaking of things that are really neat, 
Did anybody see the really neat removal of Chromecast and Apple TV from Amazon? That always bums me out because I like, you know, not having to pay for things right away. <laughs> and so I'll always check Amazon to see if I can just throw it on a card before I actually spend real money. And, like, that was something I kept looking for was the new Chromecast. Um, I ended up going with mine off of just Google. But I almost – I had a question for you guys. I, I didn't really look it up much. But will that Chromecast audio work without – Wi-Fi, like, can I put it in my car and hook it up to my aux out on my deck and just stick it in the glove box? So, in in theory, if you could create an app, are you talking about the Chromecast Audio? Yeah, yeah, because your phone yeah. will connect to it like it's a so ad hoc. In, the, in theory, if you create an ad hoc connection, I think if you have something like Foxfire or something like that, if there's a way you can get it maybe to connect yeah, that see, way. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's poop. It should just do it normally. Because here, like, you... Your Chromecast gets the signal from your phone, but then it yeah. is connected to the internet where it's pulling through the wireless yeah. the audio down. So it, if it did it that way, it's not going to work unless, like you said, you yeah, s- what you're describing is basically a Bluetooth to 3.5 millimeter. Yeah, audio basically, down. that's why I was just wondering if Chromecast did because that would be a cool way to have it without replacing the whole headset of my car. Well, yeah, no, no, but no, that already exists. It's just a Bluetooth adapter. You don't well, have right, to but I wanted a Chromecast audio to do that because then you could just Chromecast. I want a gold-plated toilet seat, but it's on the cards. It could be, though. I know a guy <laughs> that gold plates things. If you work really hard, you can attain your dreams, Joey. So <laughs> behave. That uh, is awesome. But anyway, so why uh, – at least they're not doing it just to Google, right? They're doing it also to Apple. Um, yeah. Are, did, did you see the reason they gave? I did not. Yeah. It it doesn't run Amazon Video well enough. Yeah. Okay. It does, now, though. You just have to switch it to Flash and not Silverlight, and it'll stream a tab in full screen perfectly. This is like saying you have to go to the Chevrolet dealer when you have a Toyota because you bought it from the used mm-hmm. section to get it serviced. Yeah, I get that. It's just a, okay. a, a thing it's, to it's sell marketing. more fires, okay. right? They want to sell more TV, Kindle Fire Sticks. Well, or Amazon doesn't offer an Amazon app or whatever for for Chromecast, so you have to do it, you know, on you know through a web page or whatever like that. So I don't know about the Apple side of things. So it's kind of Amazon sabotaging things. To create this excuse, in my opinion, but whatever. Well, but it makes sense. That, so from they, a- they would then have to develop a a Amazon app for all of those other different platforms, and when they already have their own platform, why would they want to then develop another version of the app? Whatnot. This goes back to what we were talking about last week with the whole uh, Apple Music on Android thing. It it it's two different mentalities. You either want to be everywhere or you want to be in enough places to make it profitable. And it's not, neither is wrong. It's just different. Well, Amazon had this problem with the, with the fire phone. They, their strategy should be get it everywhere. When they try to, when they try to like silo their stuff, Mm -hmm. they're not successful. So I don't think it's a good move for them. Um, But it's, you can see, you can see, though, from a business standpoint that they are obviously picking up on the fact that people are starting to buy devices based on ecosystem. 
And so if they can, you know, like you said, keep them in that ecosystem, drive them to their devices, more times than not, you will keep those customers longer because of how much more of a pain the longer you use it becomes to switch ecosystems, right? So keep the point is that they're, they, what keeps people in, let's say, Amazon Video is not their device. It's Prime. Like. Right. They, it's the Amazon should be focusing on that side of things because then everything else will follow. And their platform is built on Android. So, I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to make yeah. things. They I mean, shouldn't, at least for Amazon, Android, make them work. Yeah, and the thing is they offer services. And if, if they want to get these services out there, they're going to be people that have the Chromecast. They're going to be people that have Apple TV, you know. And it would just make sense for them to offer an app so that their service can be used on more platforms and smart TVs, et cetera. It may also be as simple as, as the fact that, you know, Google and Apple, Apple in particular, is not known for giving a large margin on hardware. Um, they, they really don't. Um, I've, had, I've tried to buy some stuff wholesale uh, for, for customer-specific requests. And the margin that they give the, the, the wholesalers is really not large. Uh, we're talking less than the average retail markup uh, significantly. And if that's the case also with their Apple TV and possibly even with the Google device, I don't know the details on that one, uh, but, I mean, if the device costs $35 retail, you it can't be that much less wholesale. So... Even if you're the world's biggest real retailer, meaning Amazon, um, maybe they just weren't making anything on those platforms. And they looked at it in the broad stroke and said, you know what? This hurts our brand um, and it doesn't do our prime customers any good. So we're just going to drop this because we don't think the product's worth carrying. But the silly thing is that there, there are other options. Like this, this, I don't think that this stops anybody from getting one of these devices just because it's not on Amazon. So the only thing that it hurts is Amazon because even if they don't make money, it every time every time you add to that cart and you start buying things, it you're it's turning it into a habit. It's turning it into something mm-hmm. like that that thing in your mind where it's like I want something, I go to Amazon. Yeah, okay, and well, instead, well, all right, give, give yeah. me two seconds on that one though. Okay. Um, by the way, the other day I happened to catch a CNBC uh, show where they brought this up um, on on cable. Um, don't ask. It was a weird day. Uh, but they actually said that there, somebody produced a survey with 2,000 participants. And, of course, that's not a huge number, really, if you think about the global numbers. But the, out of these 2,000 people, 44% of them started directly at Amazon. They didn't go anywhere else. They started at Amazon. Well, that's, when you go there, you're not just getting the Chromecast. That may be what you had in mind when you yeah. went there, but more times than right. not, they will upsell you with something else you need, and it adds yep. up. Pretty soon, yep. you spend 150 bucks when all you want was $35 Chromecast. So they are that missing. little section that says, get yourself a little something. Yeah, okay, hey. But here's the other side of that coin, though. Now, like where they're not nylon selling. Nylon USB cables. <laughs> Now, when they're no longer selling those, though, they're going to be able to, when you do a search for Chromecast, they're going to redirect you to a Fire TV. And you're going to be like, this is not what I wanted. Next. And then you'll go to Google Play. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe not. The catch is, is that if they're counting on more people getting stuck within the Amazon within the Amazon ecosystem, they're going to redirect more people to their. No, buyers. if you're no, I disagree. If you are actually searching for Chromecast, now if you just went there looking for a streaming device, sure. But if you are I mean, searching no, no, no. for, to, oh, oh, oh. if you started at Amazon, searching not for at Google, no. You st- in Amazon but, and you punched in Chromecast and you got redirected to a Fire Stick. Right. You did You're not going to buy it because you actually searched for Chromecast. If you searched for streaming device and it brought you to the Fire Stick, you would maybe. But if you actually search for Chromecast, you are not going to buy it. You're going to go elsewhere and you're going to buy a Chromecast because that's what you're searching for. Maybe. You, you, you may be right. Uh, but there's there's a lot of people that that only know um, – how many people have run into someone that calls every refrigerator on the planet a Frigidaire? Mm. It's branding. It's, yeah, it's brand it, recognition. It's brand. And that's my point is that if somebody says, okay, I want a Roku, uh, do they really want a Roku or do they want a streaming device? And it's, it's, again, it's branding. If they say I Roku – you're saying, Joey, but they, that means that they are – targeting the dumbest consumers and that they are taking advantage of them. And I don't think that that's good business practice. And it may not be. And this may end up being something that bites Amazon squarely on the butt. Uh, it's possible. I'm, well, it's not, like, I'm not trying to be an Amazon apologist. I'm just being a devil's advocate. It's like MB, oh, in the, MB in the chat says, I think Eric's on the right track. When I go to Amazon and can't find what I'm looking for, I am annoyed. It is. Or when what you were looking for was on Prime last week, but this week it's not. And then you're like, oh, that's so frustrating. Season two of a TV show, but not season one or season one of a TV show and not season two. Uh, Yeah. Well, and that the video service you get with Prime is BS. Like it is complete teasers for then please buy other seasons of things. Like, really, you're going to give me two seasons and that's it. Like, that's such crap. At it, least Netflix, when they do I, I, it, they have, you know, more. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting is speaking of streaming services, Matt, do you remember, geez, two, three years ago, longer than that, we did an episode on that on, on the Buffer Overflow show when we were still doing that. We talked about different streaming services. Mm-hmm. And conclusion at the time was that you couldn't do it with – you couldn't get everything you would ever want with one streaming service. Unless you did it illegally via torrents. Right. And that technically isn't a streaming service. Um, so yeah. the comment at the time was that to get the most streaming services, you'd have to buy all three of the major streaming services, Amazon, Netflix and Hulu. And guess what? Here we are three, four five years later, more people are cord cutting. And yet we're still in the same boat. <laughs> I think, though, you can get away with two. You can pay for a monthly and then you can go through either play videos, TV or the other one. And buy them individually, because whatever Netflix isn't offering, you can generally find for purchase. But all right, let's yeah. move on. Uh, what else do you want to talk about as far as Marshmallow? Should we mention the titanium backup getting support? Always good for backing up your phone. Yeah, and that's really good. I think it it also brings into into play the idea of getting root on um on marshmallow which there is a really good article um over on xda uh talking about all of the complications uh of having root on the latest version of android what was the conclusion don't do it you can get it 
But here's the thing is that it's how you get it is very odd. Uh, so if you pull up the uh, – here, I'll pull up the article right now and uh, screen share it. Um, so a few things come into play. Uh, one of them is uh, – Doing Google Play? Uh, no, Joey. No, not Google Play. Um, there's uh, there's SE Linux, which um, uh, security enhanced Linux, which uh, went into Android, I think, maybe in five. Um, and uh, there's also a feature called Verity. And Verity, what it does um, is it's it is checking uh, your device to see if it has been modified. Um, so if you look at this screen share, where is my article? There it is. So Verity right, went so into Android in Android 4.4, it says. And it's the same system that Chrome OS uses to make sure, you know, when you're getting these updates, uh, that it is legit. The device is good. Exactly. And it, and it tells you, um, because in order to, in order to get root, um, you actually have to, um, you have to modify the, the boot image. Uh, so that's going to trigger like some of these messages. Um, and some of these, it, it didn't say in the article and I've never run into these, but like some of them you can bypass. Um, you know, I think like this, uh, like this device is, uh, corrupt and it can't be trusted and may not work properly. Like you can bypass some of these things, but some of them you can't. Um, so it's not as, it's not as simple as before of just, um, of just like, you know, getting root on some system file and then using that to get root everywhere else. Um, you're, you're having to modify large, large parts of the system, um, which then have uh, ramifications like for Android pay because it's using this thing called safety net, which, you know, it's an API uh, which checks to see if you've rooted your device or if you've done something else to it that they don't like. Um, so if you want Android pay to work, then you have to somehow be able to spoof the, uh, the responses to that safety net API. So that way it can't tell that you're rooted. It's interesting. Um, the more legit we want these devices to become like actually using it for banking and paying and stuff like that. Like it, it's harder to do all of the fun, like hacking and roaming and things we used to and maintain those working just because of things like safety net and, and, and everything. Well, the other side of that would be, would you really want all of those things to work if you were uh, getting a hacked and if it was really easy to hack all the devices, because then you could potentially load a piece of malware onto your system, not even know it um, and have your pay and such uh, intercepted. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it depends, I suppose. And I mean, it, you don't have to make it to where we have to exploit the system to get root. Like you could just offer it and not have these exploit, you know, that sort of well, thing. Well, there, there, there was a comment in, in the book, Hackers, Heroes of the Digital Revolution, which, sorry, the author escapes me. I read it literally decades ago. Um, and the comment was made that the ideal hacker world would be that someone uh, was driving down the street and they stopped for a traffic light and they determined that, in their opinion, the traffic light didn't work properly. So they climbed up on the pole and started adjusting the traffic light settings to get it to where they liked it properly, got sense. back down, drove off. And then each person was able to do that in turn. And that was the ideal hacker world. Well, 
okay, I'd buy that. The catch is, is that that only works if everybody's on the same technical Right, what if you don't know team? how to fix a traffic light and now none of them work? <laughs> exactly. So the, the, I think that this is one of those things where, you know, the hacker ideal is over here and the reality of having literally billions of these devices running an operating system is over here. And unfortunately, the two can't meet because the 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 hacker ideal won't work for the masses, and the masses wouldn't want to learn that technical sophistication to use the device. Well, I would I would take it from a I would use like a different example rather than traffic light. How about your vehicle? Like you know, sure if you it, but because that's yours, like the traffic light, you know that's. That belongs to the public. It's used yeah. The traffic good. light's I mean, more like you're tinkering with the network or something. The the yeah, car yeah. is like your phone. I would say. Right. The point was was trying to be made that that one person could impart yeah, yeah, yeah. their will upon the entire universe, if you will, right. and then everyone could do that same thing. Was the was the comment they were trying to make? MB in um, the yeah. chat asks, do you think you can have a rooted, rootable phone and a safe banking device at the same time? I think you can. You would just have to have things in place that, like, maybe gave you a – like kind of how Chrome has the power wash or the, you know, just give me a clean version for this instance because I'm going to do some banking and then go back to my old porn-infested malware-ridden instance or something like that. I mean, you're. I, you, I'm using a computer right now that, you know, I access my banking on, and it has. I have the ability to elevate my privileges to admin or root. So yeah, I mean, it. it you can have both. It's just that we haven't created. But he's saying the a phone. That's different than a phone, right? A phone's a computer. Yeah, why but is, it's why a computer it? that is it's on it's, all the time, no matter where you're at, has internet for the most part. Like, it's a little different. True. It's it's not no different than my desktop that sits on all the time and is connected to the internet. Your desktop it's, never leaves the house, Eric. Smart so? ass. So that's different. Your phone is in your pocket all the time. It's, but it, essentially, it's but at, mobile, the, at the core, bro. it's not. It's People like to make it. This is this is like this is like what the networks and everybody's trying to do. They want you to think that your phone is any different than a fucking computer. It's mo so low, bro. It's just mo so low, bro. It's okay. <laughs> it's just I it, I it just blows my mind and. If okay, if if they really want to prevent people from rooting, or then build in the features that people are rooting for. It's like when we used to have to root our phones and do all this really really weird stuff in order to get screenshots, and then they finally <laughs> built screenshots into the operating system. Right, right. So, and the more mature the the OS gets, the less of that stuff you need. So, the less of a need there is to do uh, the root ROM. Yeah, I think you're at the point now where 90 more, maybe probably 98, 99% of the users are never going to even consider rooting because one, they don't know what it is. Two, they don't see the benefit. And three, they do not want to even consider bricking their $600 device uh, that they just had to buy off contract. Um, you know, it, it, I think for me personally, I have no desire to root the device. I I don't want that liability to answer the the question in the chat. Yeah, you could you could have a uh, a device that would be safe, but if that were to be somehow breached, now the liability is on you, the user who did the rooting, as opposed to the people that wrote the code. 
And if somehow you were able to sue the people for the data breach, they would then find out that you were running on a hacked device. They would then say, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. You, you violated the user agreement, blah, 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 blah. This is no longer available. The catch is, is that then it would look like they were trying to dodge something and it would be a huge li- liability fiasco. So that might be one of the reasons why they don't want to advertise it. Yep. And I, I think the main thing, and this is getting brought up in the chat too, is just like on your computer, you shouldn't be running as admin all the time. No, and definitely. the way that we currently get root on devices, we're running as admin all the time. But that's because the operating system doesn't support a way to, you know, elegantly elevate privileges for a specific reason for specific periods and then drop it back down. Which is weird because that is in the core back end. Like you can yeah. SU for a minute and then drop back down. But there is no, like you said, there's no elegant way uh, to do it that is nice and and, and elegant. You, you used to be able to like, you know, like kind of, like if you had like Super Sue or something, you could, you could like, choose to like it would pop up and say hey this thing wants to use root access do you want to do it but in reality you've already you've already exploited your device just to get root access because you have to do it in such a weird way um it is it's not as secure as it should be Mm -hmm. i'm gonna root my new chromecast when it gets here and then i'm gonna rom that sucker very exciting. I'm gonna put marshmallow Why? on it because I'm gonna run marshmallow on it. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna run marshmallow on it and I'm gonna make it awesome. Uh, they, there you was know what a... you're gonna end up doing is you're gonna end up going to the store, picking up a package of marshmallows, putting your Chromecast on it, and say, "Hey, look, I'm running Chromecast on it. marshmallow." I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. I fix it. Had a good teardown of the new Chromecast stuff, and I, I didn't know this, but I, I was kind of uh, late to the Chromecast game. Um, were the first gen ones like overheating a bunch? Because mine doesn't overheat. I, I got think. one when they came out, and I mean it does get warm, but for me it's never overheated per se. Like okay. I never had it. Well, they're saying in in the new ones there are uh, is uh, just like heat goop everywhere. So trying to cut down on the overheating issue if you were having one. It looks like chewed bubble gum. Yeah, <laughs> I was very surprised. They looks it. an awful lot like a standard CPU uh, cooling paste to me. Yeah, but yeah, but like the, just the way that it's stuck on there, like I, like I don't know. I, I replaced the uh, the thermal paste on my you know nine year old laptop a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it does seem a little it, much. <laughs> it, it 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 this looks like a lot, yeah. and it was like when I had it, it was shaped very like specifically, and then I had the thermal pads. This literally looks like like you know. Underneath a subway rail, it in is New York. totally. It's chewing gum holding the. <laughs> Are you screen sharing that? Yeah, check this out. Yeah. Nick's showing. Uh, it's oh, totally. Yeah, I'm looking at. It's a lot of gum yeah. to keep the compartment closed. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it flaps open. Can't have that. Mm. So. Well, back in my day, the thermal grease used to stay where you put it. <laughs> That's right. And we liked it. <laughs> And, and we, it was white in color. And we cooked okay. with it. Merca. Like Crisco. <laughs> and we used to run our Pentiums 90s overclocked to 300 and lift them in our dorm rooms in 30 below weather with the windows open. <laughs> we used to run Quake. 
Quake. Man. You just have to reboot from a floppy. In, in all seriousness, there was a guy up here at University of Maine Orno that ran a Quake 2, 3, I don't know what it was, server on a Pentium 90 that was overclocked to like 400 megahertz. That's what's and up. he left it in his dorm room uh, with the windows open in 30 below weather. And it kept it cool till his roommate came home and shut the window, <laughs> and then he came back just to it. a melted silicon <laughs> slag that was not decipherable. It's where the CPU started and the motherboard left off. That's awesome. So. Uh, they are saying also that there's a detachable HDMI cable in, like inside. If your if your cable messes up or something, you are able to replace it, possibly a uh, broken <laughs> plug or a loose cable. So. That's kind of cool. I think that the the important part of this teardown is the Bubble. Easter egg that they found with the model number. <laughs> the Star and this Trek. is <laughs> this is like some oh. uber geek stuff. So the model number is NC two dash six A five. So if you instead of NC two, if you read that as NCC, as in like two C's, and then if you convert six A five. From hexadecimal, it is 1701, which then makes the full model number NCC 1701, which is the registry number of the USS Enterprise on Star Trek. Nuh-uh. I'm just saying what the internet says. Hold on. That is insanely logical, Captain. Nuh-uh. No way. You guys are... You are over-extenuating your pattern-recognizing little mammalian brains, and you're seeing things you want to see that aren't there. No, sorry. It, it, is, it is the Enterprise. Did you... Okay. Okay. All right, I'm going to beat myself up a load of Chromecast. I tell you, I'm not sure how long I can hold that. Let's talk about uh, Microsoft announcements, and let's do them all in awful Scottish voices. <laughs> no, please, no more. Should we apologize to all of the UK? Before well, we Joey probably <laughs> should for that horrendous demonstration of dialect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good day to all our friends from down under, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Eric, you were, yes. uh, like glued to the edge of your seat watching this Microsoft announcement stuff, huh? Oh yeah. Surface I, Pro I, yeah. 4 and a brand new book called Surface. Tell me a about this book. book who, who wrote this book? First of all. Um, Microsoft? I saw. I, okay. In, in the service book, I think was what you know. I I threw that in here because like I'm I'm like watching Twitter. I didn't even know this announcement was going to happen, yeah. and people are like saying like this is this is like the best thing Microsoft has put out for years. It's ch- going to challenge everything. Um, <laughs> challenge a, or change? change challenge it's going to challenge everything and it's going to change everything and it's going to make it all crazy it's going to challenge everything it's going to change a couple things a a few maybe if it's lucky i don't i think nick nick watched uh some things on this uh nick why don't you give us the rundown on on these devices 
Yeah, so most of us knew that this was going to be a Surface uh, Pro 4 announcement, you know, the latest, you know, tablet plus keyboard accessory that Microsoft was going to come out with. What a lot of us didn't realize was Microsoft had something else uh, under the hood, and that was essentially the Surface Book, which is more of a notebook and tablet convertible. So it's a uh, it's a legitimate convertible, whereas the Surface Pro is really just a tablet with a keyboard accessory. The Surface Book is actually realistically a notebook, but the screen detaches. And the interesting thing about this is it has, you know, an i5 and an i7 model, but it also has NVIDIA graphics that's built into, if you get the one with the keyboard with the NVIDIA graphics, it's built into there plus a battery. But uh, it's a very high-end premium notebook that's competitive with the Apple MacBook. But instead of, unlike the MacBook, it has, you know, detachable screen, has a touch screen, it has a uh, stylus with a, with a thousand twenty four points of uh, you know pressure. So uh, is this is this like the Qi too? I feel like this is exactly what I got from Asus. Yeah, it's it's similar to that. Running um, Windows, but, but it it's detaches. It's, otherwise, it's a full on laptop. Like it's it's a yeah, regular laptop. The, the interesting thing about it is like if you can imagine it coming up like that, and you can detach it, where you can actually flip it around, and then well, it's more like a tablet. That's just like the old. HP ones where they swiveled and then folded down, so then you had to hold the whole freaking thing. That's that's no good. Any idea how many warranty issues they had with that freaking hinge? Oh, I bet, I bet. I oh. had a friend that sent me his power adapter and battery because his just finally took a shit on him, and he was sick mm-hmm. and tired of sending it in. You know, mm-hmm. they were. Yeah, I was well, super that, I gentle they, they with mine. Time but... about the hinge and the interface that's used here, and it's very sophisticated and technical. I like. And, the magnets that Asus used. Hmm. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes, but in the very least, it, you get additional battery life by using the keyboard, as well as it, it has a discrete graphics card in it. So the pricing is between $1,500 and $2,700. What? Hold up. At the top end. What? Two, what? That's basically what I just said when I read the article was like, I, I was me. just going off of what I paid for my Chi 2, and this is like four of those things. Are you kidding How me? much RAM does your Chi 2 have? Like four gigs of RAM? This is 16. Well, it has a terabyte of storage on it. So yeah. does mine. This is a real computer. Yeah. And real one, thing is, one thing to mention about for the storage. For $1,500, yeah, it should be, Eric. Jesus Christ! I'm just saying you're you're comparing you're comparing these things that are like not even in the in the same ballpark. It's too much. How warm is that thing going to get cooking on your lap with its eighty five gigs of RAM and its eight gigs of? It's got a six gen Intel in it. It's going to be it's going to be cool. It'll be cold actually. Your lap will be cold. Cool to the touch. You'll want. You're going to be. Yeah, you're gonna be putting on a parka. It's got you're a built-in a AC. That's fucking liar. The one of the things about the hard drive that's cool is it's not just a SATA hard drive. It's PCI Express, so it's uh, a faster interface between the hard drive and and the uh, unit as well. So, but it's yeah, definitely it's more of an upscale, premium type of notebook. But if you compare it to the MacBook, the MacBook Pro is is priced similarly. What so. if you compare it to a Pixel Chromebook Pixel? How yeah, the it? Pixel's $1,000 or, or $1,300, depending upon the one you get. But right. This is a lot more sophisticated, and it's, and it's newer, more premium. It's got the latest 6700 series, you know, Intel Core i5 or i7 uh, CPU, and it has a discrete graphic card built into it as well. And it's got a 3,000 by 2,000 
uh, resolution. So it's a three by two aspect ratio, but it's an extremely high resolution uh, laptop display. Mm. So this is going to be one of the, the the problem with throwing this in with tablets is that it is not a tablet competitor. It is a laptop competitor that yeah. happens to have a detachable touchscreen. And that's what they're going for. The one thing you want to keep in mind is that Microsoft doesn't want to directly compete with the $500 notebook makers. They don't want to compete right. with just the $1,000. That's a good uh, point. D- direct notebook. They're making deliberately a convertible. It's a new ni- It's a niche market, but instead of just a $500, $400 Android convertible that's relatively very flimsy, you know, it's $1,500 up to $2,700 very high-end convertible, and it's a market few people are in. So just like the Pixel is sort of a hero device of a certain niche, this uh, Surface Book is a hero device of this niche. So I don't know. I My, my initial sticker shock is kind of going away the more I think about it. Um, if you think about what it is, it's not designed to be a $900 notebook. It's designed to yeah. literally be, yeah, you know, the highest end of – it's really the highest end of its category because there aren't – no one makes expensive convertibles, so now Microsoft does. So. Well, I mean, if, if you were to – if you were to take these same specs and put them in a desktop PC, you'd be looking at a machine that would have to cost you darn near a grand. Yeah. You know, retail. And the thing is, uh, this is a very ultra light. It's it's in the ultra light category or yeah. ultra slim or whatever whatever the nomenclature is. So right. it's, it's designed to be super portable. It's like three pounds, yeah. like for the whole thing. So. So I mean, this is something that you literally, you could literally build if you if they make a docking station for it or something equivalent, you could literally run a business, even a graphics design business or video. And, and, and that's the thing, they do actually have a dock that runs with it. So they also have what, what they announced later on in in their conference was the was a couple smartphones, the uh, 950 and the 950 XL of the Lumia line. And they announced also a box called the Continuum that basically turns those into full-fledged PCs. So you can hook up keyboard, mouse, desktop monitor to this little box, and then your phone essentially, a little cable plugs up to it, and then you're, you have the full-fledged office and you have a full-fledged computer essentially. And that's from a smartphone. So And those two have like Snapdragon, like 808 and 810 SOCs in there. So, But, yeah, the Surface Book, it does use a dock and uh, – I think you can do the same thing with the Surface Pro 4. Use the same dock. So, Did Eric just vanish for no reason? He dropped. Yeah, his connection died, so he dropped. Connection okay. reset by peer. No route to host. Bye. Mm. <laughs> All your internet base are belong to us. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I say, I think that this is one of those things where it's really not this isn't a tablet. It really shouldn't be stuck in the tablet category. But um, I guess it's hard to say what it would be stuck under. As you say, Nick, um, it's it's more of a laptop convertible high-end workstation, by the way. Oh, yeah. and I approve of your son's Coca-Cola t-shirt. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but, pretty cool. I mean, it's it's pretty decent. I mean, it, it's definitely on the high end in terms of performance and specs and all that stuff, but it's relatively light as well. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I was I was impressed, and a lot of the hands-on that I've seen of all the different devi- devices, from the phones to the Surface tablet, the book was the basically the thing that stole the show. So, mm. 
Yeah, but I can definitely see also that this is not going to be a huge selling device. This yeah, is it, it's definitely a niche device. I mean, it's not going to be something. I mean, maybe they can get enterprise contracts with some people, but this is more of a, a luxury type device, in my opinion. So, yeah, it is. This cool. is kind of like that big coffee table with the touch screen that <laughs> that Bill Gates had in his house. Like what? The, a the decade tabla. Ago. The tabla. The original surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, this this is not something that you're going to sell 20 million of these you're going to sell maybe a million and yeah. hopefully your r&d costs get recouped and if they don't well you just kind of set a new standard for high-end hardware and i think microsoft's trying to make a name for themselves for selling the hardware you know they had the xbox they they debuted over over 10 years ago and you know they came out with the service tablet the very first service rt was kind of a flop but i mean the, the original Surface with the Intel chipset and the surfaces beyond that have been a little bit more successful. So they're trying to make a name for themselves and kind of compete with Apple in that space. So I looked at those when I before I got the Qi two, and they they mm-hmm. were they were nice, but they were too much for what you were getting. And I mean, again with this one, not definitely not in the price range I was looking at. But yeah. man, that is that's a lot of stuff in a nice tablet. So I mm-hmm. I, I understand now, but. Yeah, definitely not the price point that I would be shopping under, especially, like you said, if, if you're going in under the assumption you're buying a tablet. Like, that price yeah. under a tablet is just like, no way. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah dope but, machine, uh, for sure. It's like an alien. If you were looking for an ultra-portable high-end laptop, yeah. I mean, that's that's probably competitive. It's like mobile yeah. Bitcoin miner status. You know, it's <laughs> it's like that. But, Eric, welcome back. Muted. Back just in time to tell us what our email address is so that people can write us and give us donations to buy one of these brand new tables. <laughs> You're muted. Eric has no audio driver installed whatsoever. Look at him. He's like, well, he's got one uh-huh. of those new services and it just crashed. We'll just uh-huh. lip service it or lip sync it. <laughs> lip service. Eric. Show at attackoftheandroids.com. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, Eric, that's what can it looks you, like he said. Hold on. He's going to – can you act it out for us? I think <laughs> oh, he says two, to mime it. two syllables, mm-hmm. two syllables, first word, show, oh. showing, shower? No, show. It's show. Okay. Second word. Oh, wait. He's showing us. Where's the camera? Oh, right there. Show, Show at, at attackoftheandroids.com. Very good. Just like it was last week. Very good. Just like it will be next week. Attackoftheandroids.com. That's our site. Check it out. Join us on Facebook, on Google+, on Twitter. Uh, you can find us and the links to all that stuff on the site, attackoftheandroids.com. We're in iTunes and on Stitcher as well. So uh, check it out. Check out all of our other stuff that is on the site. And, hey, definitely help us out. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, buy it through our link because then we get some money. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys all for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. You can join us every week at www.attackoftheandroids.com slash live.